0: Me, baby no, I ain't lying to you. I'm going to tell you one time. Ah,
1: yeah. especially from from Jimmy Page out Yeah there. I, I know I think that's just feeding I, the, I, I, the hype machine Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So uh
0: let's go.
2: Welcome to Asinine Radio. Welcome to this fantastic episode of Asinine Radio because this is going to be a great episode because 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 of the wonderful. We're getting Lizzie into was? because what? Because of the wonderful Wizzy was. Because of that, exactly. Because we're getting into a Van Halen album, and I've never really gotten into Van Halen before. I've always liked them and heard and liked what I heard, but I'm so glad that we decided to do one of their albums. Though. Are you? But glad, before we though? do that, I'm very happy about yes. it. Yes. Are you happy about it? No. Okay, good. Um, but before we do that, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now, before we get into the album, though, <laughs> we're going to rank them, because that's what we like to do here on Asinine Radio. We like to rank anything and anything everything and that everything we can. That we can. Exactly. And my name is Tyler, by the way. I forgot to, to say that. Out there in the ether like You love just saying ether now, huh? Because I know you love that word so much. It's that's funny. why. I didn't like that word. So good. So, yes. So, we're going to rank their albums, but... We're not we're only gonna be raking the David Lee Roth ones. We're not doing any Sammy Hagar and we're not doing the Gary Sharon album. So only Roth and even the new Roth, the yeah. 2012 Roth. So we're gonna be doing that and naming our favorite song from each. Even the surprisingly good new
1: David Lee Roth album.
2: Exactly. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Jeff is always, you know, on the edge of his seat wanting to know what my rankings are, because honestly. I have better taste than him Yeah So he hopes that he could one day You know Kind of be as cool as I am You know And like the same things that I do But (laughs) Maybe one day Maybe one day Uh, What? what, 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 So there are seven albums That Roth was a part of David Lee Roth was a part of And um, Start with number seven Okay What do we got By
1: no means is this like A bad album This was just The lowest of the ones That we did this week I don't mm. think there was a bad album with David Lee Roth with DLR. I'm gonna there. Were I'm not. gonna abbreviate all of their names. I'm gonna call DLR. And, I, and for the other one, that's not a three-letter nickname. I'm just gonna call him Mikey.
2: Okay. Or you can call him MCA. Nah, that might. I'm just sound gonna call cool him like. Mikey
1: like Ninja Turtles. So the last album that I thought was not their best was uh, Women and Children First. That really? is that low. Yeah, huh? that is the lowest of the low. Uh, for me, the sound here was just like their first two albums, but it was just more exaggerated. It was kind of like, like everything they did here was just an attempt at sounding bigger, which for me just mm-hmm. kind of made the album as a whole not as pure. Okay, but uh, could this be magic? Wow. I think it's great. It's kind of like an acoustic song with a solid melody to it, and that was my favorite song.
2: That is a killer song. Well, number seven for me is definitely not that album, but it's. I, I will say this too. All of the David Lee Roth records, are none of them are bad. They're all really good. So it was kind of hard to, to kind if of... You, if you put the newest 1st one
1: first, I'm already done with you. What do you
2: because mean? Because you're just going
1: to be like, oh boy, the old stuff is good. Oh, thumbs up. <laughs> What's wrong it's with you? That? If you put fucking the different kind of truth as their fucking worst one, I'm going to be
2: upset. I didn't. I put fair warning okay. as their worst. Fair winning, not a bad album, but it was it was more the entire album was like more groove based and it didn't have as much it wasn't as wild, it wasn't as fun as uh as everything before it, but still solid and sinners sinners oh, swing that was like everything. So oh, that song is so
1: good. That song is so it's fucking boss. sick. Oh,
2: it is. It's fucking great. So that that's a great fucking song. So that that's my number 7. Okay. Right there.
1: Okay. I got I got I got it.
2: Number 6 for me got, is Van Helen 2. It was what? just a repeat, man. This is their.
1: This is too similar to their first album. It's. I mean, again, it was. It still continued the good stuff. It still checked all the boxes that I needed to check. But uh, I was just very impressed by everything else that they've done. So Van Halen 2, Light of the sky, my favorite song. That intro alone should be enough. But the song just has a cool like guitar solo and a cool simple drum fill slash solo in it, or just like the bass and the snare play together, and it's, it's good stuff.
2: That's wrong, but okay. Uh, number six for me. Not a bad album, oh, but right. a different kind of truth. It's a solid record, man. I, I, it's it's very rare for a band of this like legendary status to come back decades Half later and make later, a solid record, <laughs> And make a solid fucking record. It's so it's so rare. And the only other band I I, I know that's done that well has been Black Sabbath when they did their last record with with Rick Rubin. That it's just. This is this is great, and you know what I like about it too. You could, it seems like they're all having a really good time, and David Lee Roth doesn't try to sound like he he did back in the seventies and eighties. Like he doesn't try to sing high. He has that he has a lower voice now, and he plays to that. You know, but there's still like a lot of fun parts to it. And my favorite song on this one is Chinatown. Mm. That song's fuck. It. That's a ripper. That one is. It's crazy. Like they're at that age, and they could still write a song like that. Like it like, they didn't skip a beat, at all with that song.
1: Okay, great. um, my next one, so that's five, two, four, five, five is a different kind of truth. I okay. um, like you said, this, this like this ain't bad, dude, for being almost like half a century later. Like these guys, come back after so long, and they still fucking bring it. Like there's still some early Van Halen energy in here. And Eddie Eddie Absolutely. brings some really cool stuff to the table, dude. But like David Lee Roth brings it in a different way. Like you said, he's not wild; he's tame, but he's still kind of like he's got that sexy edge to him.
2: It's just absolute yeah, deliciousness.
1: Like,
2: it's just that he has a low voice now, and it, it works surprisingly well with it all. He just he's just like grown up now. But
1: my favorite song is 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 Honey Baby Sweetie Doll.
2: Ooh, that's a good this one, whole too.
1: album kind of even brought like this this different tone that we've heard from from EVH as opposed to just like our normal DLR listen throughs. But this kind of even gave like this weird like raunchy, cool like prog rock stuff sound.
2: Mm-hmm. I dug it. Yeah. Did you um? Did you listen to anything outside of the David Lee Roth stuff?
1: I'll I listened just... to the first Sammy Hagar or like half of the first Sammy Bidding Hagar. Yeah. Suck, sucked, man. It's just, there's no energy. There's no, like,
2: there's it was so there's no, like, fight
1: to him, you know? It's just, I don't know. And it's so weird, too, because Sammy Hagar is, like, kind of, like, a really cool and interesting guy in himself. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's bizarre that they just didn't click the way, like, with DLR. And yeah. There was more... Man, DLR like, is, like, one of, like, top three, like, best frontmans of all
2: time. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. And, but Sam, Sammy Hagar, he's a good singer. Yeah, he is. But it's just... I think coming off of you know the six records that with David Lee Roth and you get that and you're like oh that's it like How do like you be you beat? just expect so much from the band and it just for, I mean I know that they were technically were more popular with Sammy Hagar but the honestly man the songs just I mean I only listened to that one record the fifty one fifty one but it just was whatever and then I listened to the Gary Sharon album did you listen to that one no the Van I, Halen I three one, I think Van Halen three yeah. yeah. Like the first few songs are actually like, Wow, this is actually pretty solid. And then it becomes like this ballad rock. Like maybe like like the fourth or fifth song is when it turns into like this ballad rock, and you're like, Oh man, like this actually could have been really cool if they would have kept up the pace and the energy on it. Cause Gary Sharon's not a bad singer at all. But it just fell flat. More because of the songwriting. And it seemed like they were trying to play to like that that nineties that nineties like indie ballad kind of sound so i'll, I'll have number five i have to do number five i forgot uh diver down it's oh. number five for me whoa solid record uh favorite song on this one hang am high that's the killer fucking song uh but th- this this song i mean this album a lot like fair warning is just more groove based except it has a little it's a little bit more exciting than fair warning but yeah it's it, they kind of to me like they took this dip as a band when it came to like the excitement of their music, but it's still great. still really good.
1: Okay. One, two, three, four, number four for me. This is,
2: this is, I think DLR
1: at his best, like his vocal, his his best vocal performance, not as most exciting, not as, not as most energetic, but just like really good singing to where I, I really fell into it. But fair warning is, is number four for me. I just everything Man. everything about his singing, everything was, was just like perfect. It was so good. Like you said, it's more groove based, so it's not, it's not kind of in your face, out there, crazy rock. It's just solid, good stuff.
2: Yeah, fair warning is a solid album.
1: But besides What's your- besides Sinner's Swing, because that that song is so fucking good. That's like one of my top like maybe like top five Van Halen songs as of this week. Wow. That's, it's so good. But also Mean Street, like the opening track. Oh, yeah. Like that sound that they do, that whole like palm mute and then Eddie Van Halen's like picking stuff a little bit and he's just kind of like riffing and then the, the starts his drum roll and kind of comes in and the bay, every, everybody starts and it's just like that's what Van Halen does best and they still continue to do it every single album an album an album. They, they perfect it. It's the best. It's iconic.
2: All right, number four for me: women and children first. I know you rank this one really low, but I like the the whole. I like how they kept kind of the the pace of everything. You know, kind of the just the kind of smack. You know, punchy in the face, kind of rock and roll. I loved it, and at "Loss of Control" that that song is my favorite. It it is the fastest song on the record, but that's not the only reason why I like it. But it also has some of like the the classic backup vocals, which I felt like. Is really cheesy, but for some reason the band pulls it off really well with those background vocals. So that's my number four Women and Children First.
1: I mean, we'll get into it later on, but I think Van Halen, one of the most underrated or underappreciated part of Van Halen is their backup harms.
2: Yeah, they're solid.
1: They're on point at all times. <clears throat> yeah. So number three for me is Diver Down. Like, this is like their experimental album. This is like their weird shit, and they just try to do a bunch of different things. There's a lot of things on here that work. There's some things on here that kind of don't work. Um, like the intro to Little Guitars, like the Little Guitars intro. Oh,
2: I love that intro.
1: But it just, it has nothing to do and doesn't flow into the actual Little Guitar song, and so it's kind of weird, and I, I don't know if I like that a lot. I like the song itself, but naming it kind of the intro to the song is just it's just kind of silly. Just, it seemed out of place. But I like this album a lot. But the song, The Full Bug dude that song mm-hmm. was a banger and happy trails it sounded like a yeah. weird ending and very unexpected but like again this whole thing was almost like an experimental album for them it was just so bizarre and so much different than what they've been doing and like the first especially like the first two albums were almost like identical and so i, I appreciated something like this i appreciated something that was kind of going off and doing something different but still was it was still good
2: I mean the the song the little guitar song not the intro but the regular one, that's a killer song too. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, so number three for me is Van Halen two. Um, I like that it was an extension of the first record. The first record was so fucking good, and I it, it's it's a great accompany, accompanying record. It's great to play them back to back. I, I had a great time this week. Listening to their discography and uh the song for me here is Out of Love Again. And um Alex's drumming is just I never knew he was that good of a drummer. Like what what he does on that song is just like some Neil Peart shit. Neil Peart, Peart, Pert. It's it's great. It's a great fucking song. Go check it out. Out of Love Again from Van Allen too. That's my number three.
1: Okay. I wonder okay. All right, so my number two is nineteen eighty four. Okay. And um just like damn, they, they they pretty much like redid all they were famous for, like everything that made Van Halen Van Halen. They kind of took that and then edited it to go along with the eighties movement, but still kept it hard rock. And like the perfect example is like jump, right? Like jump. Yeah. Like that's exactly what they did with that song. And this was kind of in the the part of their of their tenure with with DLR where Eddie and and DLR were kind of going at it head to head. And like Eddie wanted to take it into this kind of sound, but DLR wanted to stay and do, you know, the Van Halen Van Halen two sound. And so that's kind of like what the split came above or came about from, but like, fuck this album is such a banger in Panama, dude. Panama is my same, my fucking favorite song. There's just too much nostalgia. There's too many good times that I've had with this song. Like that intro yeah. with the pick slide, that gets, dude, that gets <laughs> me going every fucking time. And I don't even care. That song is a banger. And then the drum intro to Hot for Teacher, that is like the best oh, drum so shit good. they've ever done, ever.
2: Yep. Yeah, 1984 is my number two as well, man. It's, uh, I'm, and I'm with you too. You know my, my favorite song is on it, Panama and Hot for Teacher. Like one of those, like those two songs go back and forth as my number one. And it's for the exact same reasons. The, the drum part, the opening drum part in for Teacher. And then the, the breakdown in that song too, that like the bridge where like, like it's that they're playing really low and then you hear him talking and stuff. It's just, oh, it's so good. And then yeah, Panama, (laughs) like one of the coolest guitar riffs ever. And then he does the, there's like harmonic parts and everything. Into the into the main riff, but like it, it starts oh, to so
1: like just like the tone he uses in that that part you're talking about, where it it almost feels like the sound is like closing in, and then it starts right back into the, again like to the main riff.
2: Honestly, like if I would have known before, I would have wanted to do 1984. But it's I'm too, glad we're too, doing. It's
1: too easy though. It's too. It's too. It is. Like you know what you're getting yourself into. You know that. Like I. Because my mom's like a big Van Halen fan, and then my stepdad's a big Van Halen fan. I know they they've always listened to Van Halen like throughout my whole life, and I guess we'll get into like our first
2: impressions. I guess at this point, but well, let, let's let's get into the number one.
1: Well, number one is is, is their first, is their debut. Like, it's, you can't beat it.
2: Yeah, exactly, and that's what we're doing this episode on. We're doing Van Halen and their album, Van Halen. Van Halen formed in Pasadena, California in 1972 by Eddie and Alex Van Halen. They currently have 12 albums, two live albums, and have sold over 80 million records worldwide. But the album we're doing today is a self-titled record and it's the band's debut album. It was released February 10th, 1978. It features David Lee Roth on vocals, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen on guitars, uh, Alex Van Halen on drums, and Michael Anthony on bass. And it has sold over 10 million copies just in the United States alone. So there's, some, there's a little backstory on the band and this album, but we're going to get a lot more into it. And I couldn't interrupt it. I couldn't interrupt Eruption because you can't do that. It's not right.
1: Interruption?
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. But, yes, yeah, so we're doing Van Halen. We're doing this iconic record. And uh, what are our first impressions on this one? What do you got? What do you say? What do you know?
1: I I think my first ever introduction to Van Halen was was Sammy Hagar because what? I mean so I, I in the early 90s that's when I can remember listening to the music my parents listened to and I know my mom had probably most if not all of uh, Van Halen's albums but I really only remember seeing like in the on her little cd holder whatever it was like the uh the sammy hagar stuff because the album covers okay. were more i guess noteworthy for me they they just made they made more of an impression in my mind
2: at the time because they had they had more of like a traditional artwork, like balance
1: for instance where it's like the weird twins on the seas we call it, a seesaw i don't remember teeter-totter teeter-totter it's like it's same thing. Is it the same thing Yeah, yeah. So like the weird twins, but they're like being broken apart down their middle section. That's from their balance in the middle of the '90s, and like that's I remember that album cover the most and listening to that album. But I don't I I don't think I ever got really into like the early David Lee Ross stuff until later on in my life, probably in like my teens era. And then that's when I like when I first started playing guitar. The only guitarist that I liked that did like solos in a traditional sense was Eddie Van Halen and I remember getting Makes I remember sense. getting like a guitar world remember like the old guitar world magazines and they don't there was always that one tab that they would like tab for you no. so like in guitar world magazine there was always like a cover story and then there was always like with that cover story they'd say oh we're tabbing it whatever so like the the tab of that time
2: oh oh tab okay yeah, I know like tablature you, like a guitar tab yeah okay I thought you meant like like a tab in the magazine, like a tab, like a like a you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you right? mean because I was saying something else. Like like a tab like in a binder, like a physical or like tab. That? Yeah.
1: Oh no, yeah. Then, so like okay, I know the, what you mean. Now. One of the earliest ones they tabbed was eruption, and i had heard that song and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh fuck it, I'm gonna learn how to play this. I don't even care. Like literally like a month into, I'm just like, dude, there's no way. There's no way I'm ever gonna do this because I don't have the patience for it and I'd rather just listen to it and not have to like deal with it cuz it's way too difficult and I don't want to just I don't want to kill the song for myself and so that's like that was the first time that I kind of transitioned into the more like acoustic style of guitar playing rather than go ahead and continue wanting to be like the rock star soloist and that's like eruption is the reason why I never liked guitar solos after that because they can never be
2: that good <laughs> I mean that's debatable, but it's okay. just not
1: gonna happen. Like they're not that good. Guitar solos are,
2: are just. I mean, have you dumb. not heard a solo from
1: Omar? Oh my, those are the worst. Those are the worst. But dude, like, yeah. So my my introduction to Van Halen is obviously through my parents, and and I don't know, man. I just like Van Halen brings back these like nostalgic things of of like going to the river and being on like my my family's boat. And just, I don't know, man. Just listening to music with my friends on the, through a little boombox with 14 D cell batteries thrown into it. Oh, fuck. Shit. Remember those stupid ass boomboxes? Yeah. It yeah.
2: were like 12, yeah, 12 or 13 of the big ass fat batteries. $25 Fuckin'.
1: for like three hours of music.
2: I know. <laughs> it's so dumb.
1: But damn, I had a good time. That was good stuff. And I had yeah, a blast my... this week.
2: Oh, dude, I'm with you on that. I, see, I don't have a history with, with Van Halen. My, my parents never listened to them. My, my dad didn't listen to a lot of music. He listened to just a lot of talk radio, but my mom listened to music. Like she got me into Rush. She got me into Ted Nugent, um, just, uh, and other bands like that. But she never, she never got in. She never listened to Van Halen. So I never had that, that connection, but I would always hear songs. And the only, the song that I remember hearing first was Jump and I think it was like on MTV back in like the mid 90s they were doing something on I don't know they were talking about something and they showed like the video for Jump I'm like uh song's kind of lame it has synth Yeah, it just it wasn't for me but then you know throughout as the years go on you hear more and more of Van Halen but I never heard anything outside of the hits so you know Jump, Jamie's Crying, Running with the Devil, Eruption obviously um, so stuff like that so I never never got into them and then when I was at your house last weekend, I just I'm, I was just thinking of like albums I should listen to on the way home, long ass fucking drive. And I'm like, you know, I never really listened to Van Halen, so I asked you, you know, what should I put on? We should do it on the pod. And I you know, just do the first, do the first one. So I listened to it, and fuck, man, I, I was hooked like instantly. Yeah, because like, it is their best. Fucking it,
1: blown away. It has the most depth. It has true bangers on it. 1984 is solid, solid, solid stuff.
2: Like I, I know, I know some people like they they say you know they talk about how great like a band like Guns and Roses is and you uh, know you and I you and I had never really gotten in, gotten into the Appetite for Destruction album, but then when we did, it was good. It wasn't bad, but you know comparing it to this to something I had never heard before, like this band deserves joke. This band deserves all the credit that they get. Yeah. I mean they are truly a a gem. They're fucking great. Every part of this band is great. There's not there's not anybody who is not good on this at record. Yes. They all shine at different points, but mostly Eddie and David, but yeah, the rest of them they all have their moments. It's great. It's fucking fantastic. So that's kind of my my uh, my history on that one, but
1: Do you want do you want to tell everybody what what album you wanted to do at first before you decided not to because it sucked? Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the morning before i left your house there's this one particular song that i i still to this day i think is re- i mean it's only been a week but i still think it's a really good song and in my mind i'm thinking you know if this song is good maybe the rest of the album is and that was madonna and it was the song like a prayer prayer and i thought you know the album has to be at least decent or good you know if this song is so good and then i told jeff about it and you're like oh, okay whatever you were very reluctant. Yeah. And so I leave your house, I first thing I put on, hop on the freeway and I get like four or five songs in and I'm like, I can't do this. This is just <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It, it's it's a it's not a good record that that Madonna album is not good. And that's it's bad like
1: awful. especially when you know you have at least 5 hours to kill and you <laughs> still can't even sit through an album. That's bad. Mm-hmm. You have you have all the time in the world for the next five hours. Like you, like, even if the album is just
2: okay, you can still get through it. But to turn yeah, it I off, half not couldn't even halfway get halfway through. through it. Or yeah, not even halfway. It was awful. Oof. And then I'm so glad I went with Van Halen instead of Madonna because that's what we would be doing right now. But yeah, Van Halen, man this this record fucking whoops everything else's ass this time.
1: All right, so let's so good. let's uh, let's take you from the top. So prior to this week, you've heard "Running with the Devil," yeah. You've heard "Eruption," yes. You've heard "Really," uh, you really got me. Mm-hmm. You've probably heard him talking about love.
2: No. Okay. I've heard. I've heard Jamie's crying. And then did you
1: hear Atomic
2: Punk? No. Okay. I knew. I knew of the song because of the Van Halen cover band, the Atomic. But Punks. I had never heard the song. Yeah, but I'd never heard the song. Okay. It's so weird because it's like I'm not. I've never been opposed to listening to them, but I've never thought about going to listen it's like acdc you know you know all their hits but you really never go and listen to one of their records yeah
1: i mean van halen just kind of falls into that category of classic rock and like you know it's good because everybody always has been telling you it's good for the past 40 years so mm-hmm. it's probably good i don't need to go back and listen to it because i've heard the hits and i know they're good and so that's i mean that's why i didn't get into them for like a long time but this one in nineteen eighty four were the two ones I always I, I I listened to the most if I ever listened to any kind of full on discography of Van Halen, yeah. But um, before but, before this week, I mean, just like my thing, I I never heard, I don't remember hearing Ice Cream Man or On Fire. Everything else, I I remember, and I know I've heard, and I can sing along to fairly well, except for Ice Cream Man and On Fire. Those are the two songs that
2: were pretty new to me this this week. There's not a bad song on this record, not at all. What is they're all fucking banked. What is your favorite song? Favorite song? Uh, it's like a toss-up between three different ones. What you got? Let me guess. Can, Probably, I, can I guess? Let me guess. Uh,
1: yeah, guess. Okay. Uh, I think Running With The Devil's up there. I think I'm the one. And then I
2: also think Feel Your Love Tonight. Dude, you were almost spot on. Oh. <laughs> you were almost fucking spot on. That was that was impressive. Uh, yeah, it's... Ain't talking about ain't talking about love. We're talking about love. Wait, no, wait. Is that the one? No. Ain't talking about love. No, no, no. Feel your love tonight. Oh. Feel your love tonight. Uh, on yeah. fire and wait—is that what you said? Feel your love tonight. Yeah. Feel your love tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm the one. Feel your love tonight and on fire. Sorry, I'm still trying to to learn the names because I've I listened to their discography four times this week because not only is it great music but the albums are only like 31 minutes or 32 minutes long so it's really easy to get through them yeah um but yeah no it's it's those three songs And i mean don't get me wrong i love running with the devil i think that song is just it's a fucking perfect song dude (laughs) it's so much fun and then with the isolated tracks i mean i think everyone's heard that but should, should we just get into running with the devil
1: i mean yeah okay
2: you don't want to. I
1: think it's a perfect song, but I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to get into a non
2: Tyler favorite, we can do that. It's not a non favorite, but I think it's a song that needs to be talked about. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Just, okay. So do you want to talk about this? We're or are you already going one of my about favorites?
1: it? We might as well just talk about it then. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Okay. Fucking let's,
2: let's get into it. Should we play it, some of it, before we 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 talk about it? What do you want to do here? I never know what you want to do. I mean, we can just.
1: I I like talking about it that way. People can kind of understand and and then know what to look for, know what to listen for. The more we talk okay. about it here. So like like running with the devil, a lot of things that I read. There's a lot of different kind of um, what do you what do you call it? like meanings behind the song and. I don't think they've ever actually said exactly what it's about, and they kind of change their tune a lot. But like for me, running with the devil is it's it's, it's just like David Lee Roth just talking about like fuck it, dude. I'm just I'm gonna have fun, yeah, and that's what he's have doing. Have fun, party,
2: do whatever he wants.
1: And like the coolest thing about it is like in the very beginning, like the whole the horns, like the car horns, mm-hmm. and everything just sort of like fades out into this bass part. And I think that's like. That's like the old David Lee Roth dying, right? The car. Maybe like a car hits him metaphorically or something. And that bass part is him like literally meeting the devil and starting his new life as the greatest rock front man of all
2: time. Ooh, that's a bold statement. And it's the first fucking song we hear, right? It's the first fucking song from the band. What
1: are you doing? You have no business doing this. How is this even possible?
2: But then it also kinda kinda plays along with the whole legend of how like Eddie Van Halen sold his soul to the devil to to get his talent, you know, kind of like the Robert Johnson thing. Yeah. And to have this be the first song that you put out or not put out, but the first song released on your first record. It's gross. It's pretty it's disgusting. It's,
1: it's <laughs> It is, it's gross. It's
2: pretty great. Ah, oh, man, what a killer song. And you know, I I did mention it a couple minutes ago, but the isolated vocals were were taken out of this song and it kind of goes to show that david lee roth isn't a great singer but god damn he's a lot of fun and you and i have played this on the pod before but i think it needs to be played again or at least a part of it does so here's the isolated vocal track of um david lee roth on the song running with the devil and i'm trying to wait for this ad to finish but here we go
0: Oh. oh yes Yeah, yeah I live my life like there's no tomorrow and all I've got I had to steal least I don't need to beg or borrow yes I'm living at a Base that kills. Ooh, yeah! hoo! i tell you all about it. I found the simple life ain't so simple. When I jumped out. On that road, I got no love, no love you'd call real. Ain't got nobody waiting at home. Ah, God damn it, baby. No, I ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time. Ah, Yes, I am. Yeah.
2: Aha! Woo. All right. Hmm. There's some David Lee Roth. Those vocal tracks, man.
1: Hmm.
3: I'm
2: just gonna have it kind of playing in the background. Tasty. Dude, it's so fucking funny, man. Like, and you can hear like you can hear in where they cut it when he's like screaming like they cut it like right before he finishes screaming. Oh, that's great. Oh, he he truly is, dude. Man, you said it. He's just, like one of the greatest frontmen. Like he doesn't need to sing well. He could just like make noises and scream for no good reason. Yeah, and it sounds great. He's not.
1: I don't. I, I, he's he's a good singer.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, I'm not saying he's like
1: horrible. He's a good but. singer. He, he's he's no like Freddie Mercury or nothing, but he's a good singer, and he he carries tunes, and he has a very high range. And so when he does things like this, where he can kind of go like the like the no tomorrow part, and then same right after it, it's just mm-hmm. like damn, he was so perfect for Van Halen, and and Van Halen was perfect for him. Right, like everybody, yeah. every, I don't know, it's, just, it's just one of those things where everybody came together and just everything was so perfect.
2: Yeah, you honestly could not have found a better singer frontman for Van Halen. Like it it's just like it's a perfect match. It's crazy how how this, these things happen.
1: You like the name Van Halen, so like so some things I was reading was was David Lee Roth had prior to being Van Halen, they were called like Mammoth, and yeah. when David Lee Roth joined, they they couldn't they couldn't do Mammoth because somebody else named Mammoth. And so, David Lee Roth was the one who kind of pushed for the Van Halen name, according to him. And he was the one that yeah. said, We should be called Van Halen. And, and that's always, like, that in itself Which is, is so bizarre, weird, right? A front man saying, Let's name our band after the non front man person.
2: Yeah, the brothers in the band, you know? That's it's just kind of strange. It kind of makes you wonder, like, reading also reading the history of, of the band it kind of seems like Eddie Van Halen has always been the problem within the band's dynamic. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, but a lot of people blame, blame David Lee Roth, it seems, but he's just wild. Like he, he doesn't seem like he would hate or dislike anybody. He's just fucking out of his mind, but like in a fun way Yeah, or just crazy way. But I don't know. Eddie just doesn't seem that way at all. And maybe that's why they butted heads. So, so fiercely, was because I feel like their pers- those two personalities were very different. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know a ton about Eddie Van Halen outside of his music. But I know he was a party animal, but maybe not as crazy as David Lee Roth. Well,
1: I, I think the difference between D- DLR and EVH was that with DLR, you knew what you're getting yourself into. You knew that if you went to a party with David Lee Roth, it's going to get out of hand quick, but you're going to have a great time. Yeah. But with EVH, like he supposedly had like substance abuse problems from the age of like twelve. Like he started drinking and smoking at twelve, thirteen years old.
2: Yeah. So there's no way. And even up until like ten years ago, he was in rehab.
1: Yeah. There's just no way you can keep that up. And so I think, just to put it in like party perspective, you go to two different parties. You go to a party with David with with DLR. You can have a great time. It's the crazy. Or you go to a party with EVH. It's going to be off the crazy but it's going to kind of end badly because EVH is kind of an alcoholic. Whereas DLR doesn't need the alcohol. He just uses the alcohol as like a, a boost for his intensity. Fuck, he did, he probably didn't even drink. He probably drinks a shit ton of like Red Bulls or what or the equivalent <laughs> at the time.
2: Of Red Bulls. Like he he
1: doesn't even care what he drinks. He probably drinks nothing and gets crazy. Like he's just insane. He's just a crazy, he's just a crazy guy, but fun.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Oh man, I've I've heard stories too, like where where David Lee Roth, like even for like the biggest party animals or like the biggest party or like rock stars, they've even come out and said that they can't hang with David Lee Roth. Like I, the the podcast that I, that I've listened to, Hour of Goon, the guy, the one that's hosted by <clears throat> the former bass player from Manson. Um, he's a huge Van Halen fan and a huge David Lee. Roth david lee roth fan and he talked about one time back in the 90s when he was always fucked up on everything how he he hung out with david Lee, like david lee roth invited him to studio to just to hang out with a bunch of other people and he got, ended up he ended up saying oh geordie come into the vocal booth with me and he goes in there with with roth and he said it just it got so intense because he didn't say exactly what they were doing in the vocal booth but it sounded like just like an insane amount of drugs and just everything was just too wild for this, for Twiggy or Jordy from Marilyn Manson, who was already known for being fucking wild. And David Lee Roth, you know, had 20 years on the guy, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's crazy that he was, he's always like out partied or out done everybody over the years. He's just fucking crazy. But But in like a cool way or a good way.
1: But it's interesting to note that, I, as far as I know, at least two of uh, Marilyn Manson's band mates have had strong ties with Van Halen. Right? Who's the other Where one? Where John Five worked a lot with um, with Eddie. Uh, I think Sammy Hagar.
2: Oh, did he really? Right? No, he might. No, no with, no, with David Lee Roth.
1: John Five did? Yeah. You sure? I think he. Yeah, like with the, in the nineties,
2: like the he he did. Maybe he did one of his albums i know i don't know he might have i, I really don't know he, he might have i know the drummer from corn played with david lee ross band for like 10 years too so there's the corn connection but no blink connection have you been able to find one <laughs> for from van halen
1: no. yeah i didn't even look there's... i actually
2: tried i tried to think about it uh, a couple of days ago if there's a blink connection but i couldn't couldn't think of anything there's really nothing but anyway. Yeah, John Five played uh, guitar with David Lee Roth. Oh, did while, he really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, oh, I did want I did want to bring this up with um the song Eruption. Uh Billy Corgan actually from The Smashing Pumpkins. You know that guy? No. You met him mm-hmm. before? No. Well, he actually interviewed uh Eddie Van Halen back in 1996. And in regards to the song and how it was written, this is what Eddie Van Halen said. He said, "The whole story behind Eruption is unusual." It wasn't even supposed to be on the album. I showed up at the recording studio early one day and started to warm up because I had a gig on the weekend and I wanted to practice my guitar solo or my solo guitar spot. Our producer our producer Ted Templeman happened to walk by and he asked, What's that? Let's put it on tape. So I took one pass at it and they put it on the record. I didn't even play it right. There's a mistake at the top end of it. To this day, whenever I hear it, I always think, Man, I could have played it better. What a son of a
1: bitch. That's the thing, man. So like this guy too, you, you mentioned but Ted Templeman, like that guy mm-hmm. had it not been for him, like Van Halen would, they, they'd they be nothing. They, they would not be a band. They would not be as big as they were. Had it not been for mm-hmm. this guy sticking his neck out for Warner Music or whoever it was at the time and saying you need to sign these dudes. I seen them two days ago and they are phenomenal because even Gene Simmons kind of passed on them because he helped them record their yeah. first demo and Eddie Van Halen said it sounded like shit because they didn't even use their own. Their their own uh, equipment And he he wasn't equipment. proud of it He didn't like it And so Gene Simmons Kind of was like Okay cool I'm done with it Because the whole Kiss management company Said these guys are going nowhere Don't waste your time with them <laughs> They're garbage But then this guy comes when in When really kisses garbage. Oh yeah for sure And then this, this guy Ted, Ted Templeman comes in Sees him play like once And just Is blown away And like you said The eruption It's just him like Fucking around It's just him warming up To do like normal solos That he would normally do In like yeah. a song and it's it so fucking good it's just unbelievable that even him thinks that oh, I could have done a little bit better of course but it look like, again too, like that that sound on eruption that like was, he's using like, that, that phase 90 pedal like that mm-hmm. is like if if I were to ever get back into playing in more intense guitars then that's a pedal like i've always wanted that, that's like my top pedal that i want more than like a distortion pedal more than like any other pedal it's always been like the phase 90 that jim dunlop original thing from like the 70s like that is like the perfect sound i love that sound i think it's so fantastic it's so hot and then eddie van halen playing on his franken strat and the seymour duncan pickups and everything just coming together it's just so beautiful it's just such a fucking hot sound i love it
2: juicy it's it's like a perfect like metal guitar tone one of the few perfect metal guitar tones. Like I feel like the only other guitarist who perfected it this well was Tony Iommi from Sabbath. Like him and him and Eddie Van Halen have the perfect guitar tones and have always had the perfect guitar tones over their entire fucking career. It's insane, absolutely insane. And I feel
1: like I feel like Eruption is like it's it's like watching a helicopter or like a fan, like a house fan. If you put the fan on like high. Yeah. It's like watching a fan, right? So like you you can see it as a whole, circular. But at, at sometimes you can pinpoint little little fan blades, right? Like you can you can actually see the still of the fan blade. That's like eruption as a whole. Like you can't you don't know what's going on. It's just like brain overload. But in some parts here and there, you can like oh shit! I just heard I just heard him actually playing the guitar, rather than some weird fucking computer simulation. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> just too good. It really I mean, is. Like it's, right. it's it's like number two on like all of the list of greatest guitar solos of all time, only behind the Stairway to Heaven solo, which I don't think is that great of a solo. But then why would you put it at number one? I, that's not what I would do. That's what a lot of like get like Guitar World or Rolling Stone. A lot of people put Stairway to Heaven as the greatest guitar solo. Yeah, of all I don't
2: time. understand that. It's good, but it's not. There's so many better guitar solos out there,
1: especially from from Jimmy Page. out yeah, there. Yeah, I,
2: mean, I know. I just I I I. I Bah, bah, bah. I
1: I I, <laughs> I think that's just feeding the I, I, <laughs> the hype machine. That's that's what they're doing with that.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. All right, so what's another favorite for you on this uh, on this Van Halen record?
1: Honestly, the only song on here that I think I I, I think is okay is is "You Really Got Me."
2: Wow, look at you! <laughs> yeah, it's a cool cover. It's it's I, better than the King's version. Yeah, you know? it is so better. But the King's version sure. is good though. It is a good good song
1: i don't like the song regardless i think it's a silly song i've never really liked this song the only thing i like here is is dlr i think his vocals are are so like kind of childish and endearing that it makes it work a little bit Mm -hmm. but i also like the lack of like the overdubbing with more guitars during or evh's solos so you just hear like that faint bass line under his solo and it's just like that that's what it like the they're recording it live, and and that's what it sounds like. And there's just nothing else playing. It's just very raw. It's very basic. It's very stripped down. Yeah, it is. And I'll give it that. But other than that, I I think the song's okay.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's my least favorite on this this album as well. But it's still fucking great. Fantastic song.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. Like I I wouldn't turn the station. I wouldn't I wouldn't skip it.
2: And usually when you hear it on the radio, they play Eruption. And then it leads into "You Really Got Me," and that's like
1: the perfect lead-in too, because "Eruption" that's like a I don't even know, man. That that really does something to you, and that that tires you, like it mentally tires you. Just listening. And then to you it. get
2: into like the simplest song on the record. Now like, oh, okay, cool. Now <laughs> I can now I can breathe a little bit. <laughs> now I can relax. So then, what is your favorite song on this record? I, I, eruption. Well, is outside my favorite of eruption, song for like, sure. I mean, come on, outside of I, eruption. I,
1: Eruption is my favorite song. I think I'm the one is probably my second favorite. I also really love Feel Your Love Tonight. I think that's just like a straight up like DLR sexy song. It's great. It. But um, yeah, I'm the one. Dude, this is this, this this fucking intro in this song is so bluesy, but it's got this cool rock star twist, and it's just it's nasty with a G. Nasty
2: with a G. That's the, nah. That's the worst kind of nasty.
1: And then like having somebody laugh and sing in a high octave – Over like a complex blues rock tune Just sounds crazy And and it sounds like it's too much But that's what he does That's what DLR does He's just like fuck it I'm just gonna laugh And I'm gonna sing And I'm gonna sing high While he plays in this really cool bluesy Guitar rock thing And
2: we're just gonna make it work And that's what they do So I'm the one? I'm the one I'm the one By Van Halen Wow dude what a fucking <laughs> song You know what were they thinking You know it's this? like <laughs> It's so and trippy And he's like
1: what is he scatting here what are he <laughs> I know I love good. it
2: I love the little jazz scatting that, that he's doing Oh my god it's fantastic And during that guitar solo when, when Michael Anthony is playing that
1: Mikey and AVH are just like playing off each other Dude
2: it is so fucking good like he, I feel like Michael Anthony shines just as much in that part as as Eddie does. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy good. That entire song and that chord progression too in the chorus, it's just, it kind of goes like the opposite way of where David's going vocally. But for it, it, it almost sounds off and kind of awkward, but it's still, it, oh my God, dude. It's, it's the best song on the record. Easily yeah, the best this, song on
1: the record. This was the one that I thought. Like wow, man! Van Halen's like backup harms are very underappreciated in their in their tenure as a band.
2: Yeah, but see, you know, honestly, the background vocals were my favorite on "Feel Your Love Tonight." That's what like sold that song to me. Were the the background vocals on the album and that song? It's great.
1: Let's oh, let's, let's let's get into that one then. So I feel like "Feel Your Love Tonight." I feel like that was a a, a chorus, and then they wrote the song around it. Yeah, it's a it's, very very poppy song. I think the song is uh it's probably like my si- my second least favorite on the album. Really? That low? Yeah. I just I think it's okay. It's 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 I mean it's a long song. It's kind of cool in the fact that it's almost like 4 minutes with very minimal EVH. And like another thing too, like I realized this whole time is that Eddie Van Halen's arguably like top 3 guitarist of all time. And so you hear eruption <laughs> And you think like, wow, this guy is just, he's mind blowing. Like he's mind melting, Mm -hmm. but he's not, he doesn't wank a lot. There's not a whole lot of wanking on this album. There are solos here and there and various songs, but not every song has this, you know, obligatory solo after the second chorus or wherever they want to mash it in there. Yeah. He has a lot of great leads. He has a lot of subtle things that he does and not everything has to be like a solo, like on this song. The song is almost four minutes long, and he doesn't come into like way late in this song.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you, with him. You know, one of the things that that makes him great is not just his guitar solos, but for me at least, it's the little things, like the little little like pinch harmonics that he kind of does there, and it just like he, the way he accents like his riffs or just accents certain parts of the songs to really give David's vocals like that end that extra like umph. Is what really sets him apart from a lot of guitar players, because they just don't have that, they don't have that that kind of songwriting. Uh, not, a, I don't want to say ability, but that, that songwriting kind of intuitiveness, that kind of just makes a song that much better. I don't know. It, Eddie is just it's very playful. Fucking, it's, it's it is. It's very playful it's with like the way Eddie like, plays and the it, way DLR sings. It's just it sounds like a band truly having a fucking blast.
1: Dude, and don't forget, they're in their early twenties when this shit comes out, right? Yeah. Like what are you even what are you doing?
2: But 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 let me How blow, that fair? but let me blow your mind even more. This album took only three weeks to record. And only cost them forty thousand dollars to record it. And they tracked it all live. And when they when they went to go record the album, they didn't know what songs they wanted to put on it. They just played their live set. That's all they did. They played their live set, and that's the fucking album we get. In three fucking weeks, they did this in three weeks. This masterpiece of an album—it's disgusting. Truly remarkable. Nothing's fussed over. It's just all fun. Fantastic.
1: It is fantastic, and I mean just like I hate Los Angeles. Like I, one of the worst cities ever in the world.
2: The song or the, the actual city? <laughs> the song by
1: Blink is for sure probably one yes, of the worst it songs does. ever made. But Los Angeles city is one of the worst cities like in the world. It's, oh, awful. it's awful. It's awful. But in this time back in like the 70s, dude, it was probably like the greatest city in the world. It was probably so amazing. It was probably so fun. It was probably so nice. It was probably so rad. Everybody probably had such a great fucking time. And just to think like you see, you've, you would go to these various places like the whiskey, like this other place I've never heard of until this week called like Gazares. Giz-
2: Yeah, I had never heard of that place.
1: Never heard of that place, but like Van Halen had, like, they were the house band for that for a while. And just to think that you saw these guys who at that time were probably barely twenty, right? Yeah, not even old enough to buy drinks legally for themselves. And here they are. They got Gene Simmons coming in to to potentially sign them to his Kiss management or whatever it is. And then they get this record contract, and they become one of the greatest bands of all time. Yeah, it's just what the fuck, man. From a bunch of guys that just, like, dude, Eddie and, and Alex are from the Netherlands and they for some reason moved to Pasadena.
2: Yeah, I know, what? Pasadena is like... I,
1: I couldn't find anything online as to why their parents chose Pasadena out of were all Were their things. parents,
2: like, a, was their dad like a scientist or something? Or I don't know. I, well, I mean,
1: Eddie and Alex were both trained, or not trained, I shouldn't say trained, but yeah, I guess like trained, but they, they both played the piano at an early age. They're both musicians through and through from very young. They both switched roles, also.
2: Yeah, when they were young, twelve,
1: right? Eddie played drums where Alex played guitar, but then Alex just got better faster at drums, and Eddie did. So that's when they switched and became. You know, that fate would have it, they became who they are today. Mm -hmm. But then even guys like like David Lee Roth, like David Lee Roth had a what seemed like a horrible, shitty childhood, bouncing around from state to state foster care and then just not having like a permanent home ever and i think that's kind of like his 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 lifestyle where he's adopted even like still today he's just carefree doesn't really just happy to be alive happy to be in a one of the greatest rock bands of all time just happy to be just happy to be here man i'm just having a good time
2: he even he even quit the music business to be an emt for new york in new york for like two years just for fun that's all he did it for was for fun and then he moved to like Japan to learn how to learn some sort of karate over in Japan for like a year or two. Like he just kind of does whatever the hell he wants. He
1: was in The Sopranos too. Was he really? Yeah, there was a oh. there was an episode where they're playing poker. I mean, one of them not playing poker, but one of the other characters at the table was David Lee Roth and his his I long bleached that. hair. I don't remember that at all. It's <laughs> I, really, I don't think he says anything. Except for just like background, like agreements and grunts. It's yeah. so bizarre. Another interesting thing I read about about Mikey about Michael Anthony is he's been married since 1981, hmm. right? So the only other big rock star that we've ever talked about who's been married for any longer than like two years was was J P J from Led Zeppelin, John Paul Jones, who was married. Oh yeah, that's from right, Like huh? 19 like 65, and then still today. <laughs> Yeah, like this is it's just especially being in a band with David Lee Roth. Like, how you just what? How's it even possible?
2: Especially like considering how how they were portrayed like in their own music videos, like you know, being these womanizers and just kind of just literally living the craziest (laughs) party lifestyle ever.
1: But not Mikey. Yeah, clearly, and Mikey's like the most for me the most interesting member outside of their music. Because there's so many things that he's also done. He was also in two other bands, right? Chickenfoot and this this band called The Circle. They were both kind of uh, like super groups. Foot was Sammy Hagar, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Joe Satriani was in his band. That was like such a weird band. But like Michael Anthony, he has solid, he has solid bass lines, and, and he's a good groove bassist. But he really is. But I can't put him like anything higher than just that.
2: Yeah, I can't rank him amongst like some of the best bass players at all. But he also He is the weak, he's the weakest part of the band, but that's still Yeah. It it's unfair to say that. Yes. Cuz he did offer so much to the band, especially on this record. He's the least strong is <laughs> maybe yeah, the least strong. Doesn't
1: sound as like demeaning.
2: And I feel like Alex Van Halen gets a a bad rap with the band too because he is actually—I would never realized until this week how good of a drummer he is—and but he gets so overshadowed by everybody else. It's—it's it's crazy. He doesn't—he doesn't get the, the recognition I feel he deserves. It's like it, Eddie and David do.
1: So my mom's coming out here in like a week and a half to watch the kids while we go on vacation. And so the last time we did the Doors, like way back when. Yeah. I kind of had, like, like this new – I mean, I've always liked The Doors, and I've had this new, like, found appreciation for every member of The Doors and not even realizing they don't have, like, a bass player and just what they could do without that. And then I brought it to, like, my, my mom, my stepdad. And I was like, hey, like, check it out. We did the whole episode about The Doors. And they both appreciated everything that I was saying and was still giving tidbits and things like that. And so I think maybe it's, like, a generational thing where we – In our age group, in our age bracket, we see Van Halen as Eddie Van Halen, as David Lee Roth, as Sammy Hagar. Whereas people that lived in that time realize that they're more than just that.
2: That's interesting. But that's not
1: our fault, though, because again, when I read like big magazines or when you see like live things, and it's always like those three people people always talk about Eddie, Eddie, DLR, or Sammy Hagar, and nobody ever talks about anybody else. Yeah. It's not our fault. We're products for our environment. It's not all our faults, but.
2: Well, two things here. I agree with you on that part. I mean, it, this might be kind of a weird or dumb example, but it's like uh, a, a group like NSYNC. You know, you you talk about them now. You're gen- generally only going to re- really remember Justin Timberlake. Sure. Or maybe like JC Chazé or something Whoa. like that. But. I'm just giving you an, like just an example, well, but Bass. go back to 1999. You knew every fucking member in that group. Yeah. You know, it's just, we're not saturated with that particular band or that particular group at the time. So that's actually a really good, a really interesting uh, viewpoint on it because I, I honestly never thought about that. And then the second thing I wanted to bring up is your mom and stepdad really listen to the podcast.
1: She has before my stepdad doesn't, but my mom has, has before. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly, it's, if, mostly if we're talking about a band. But they also fall into that category of of where you're headed to in your life, where if it's not made when I liked music, then it's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's always complaining about like, music just not good anymore. I'm like, you don't even listen to fucking music anymore. You know it's not good, first of all. No, nah, it's true. Very true. It's <laughs> true. But anyway, going back oh, to boy. going back to Mikey, there's a couple other things I want to just touch upon real quick. He has his own hot mm, sauce. Touch he has his own hot sauce um, line. And they're kind of expensive too. So I was gonna buy I was gonna buy some in the beginning of the week, but they're like ten bucks a bottle, which is a little pricey for me. But his uh his hot sauce is expensive because he uses like really good ingredients. And it's supposed to be really, really good. So I may but still buy But you're still one. not interested. It's ten bucks on ten bucks plus shipping. That's like Dude. fourteen dollars for a bottle of hot sauce. It's
2: too much. We but all spend our money in stupid ways. But his hot you sauce is so hot that. that you'll need two assholes. And <laughs> that's be- fucking stupid. And because of
1: that slogan, like Trader Joe's won't carry it, like Walmart oh won't carry God. it. But it's not even on all of his hot sauces. It's I think it's only on like his brand of barbecue sauce because he makes barbecue sauce, hot sauce. And then Hot Mustard, which sounds gross. I don't know what that is.
2: That's fucking disgusting.
1: But a couple couple of other interesting bits is he's a natural left-hander that plays right-hand, which is weird. His first bass ever was a Fender Mustang guitar, but he just took the two high strings off and then called it a bass (laughs) because he figured everybody else plays guitar, so I should just play bass. That way I can be in bands, which is smart, right? Yeah, but also... Yeah, okay. And it seems like he was slowly pushed out of the band by Eddie Van Halen.
2: That's what it seems like
1: his songwriting credits diminished like every single album. It just got lower and lower and lower until it was basically like, hey man, you're not really in the band anymore. And we've already found a replacement. And then to even kind of like further put salt on the injury there is when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was just it was just him and Sammy Hagar.
2: Yeah, right? that was the weirdest thing.
1: Eddie Van Halen was in rehab, and then everyone else just didn't want to do it. So it was just it was just Mikey and Sammy Hagar. Like, How, how fucking dumb?
2: I mean, I understand the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is dumb, but it's like- but you can't even show have... up,
1: dude. Like, come yeah. on. Come on, DLR. Are you serious? <laughs> you better than that. I know you're better than that.
2: Let's, do you want to get into another song? Do you want to wrap it up? What do you want to do here? Let's, whatever you want to do, kid. I'm down to get into another song. Get into another song. There, what do you want to there, do? There's there's a couple I want to I want to talk about. Uh, let's get into. I mean we we did touch upon "Feel Your Love" tonight. Sh- can we, should we just play that a little bit of that song? Yeah, it's a DLR sexy song. It is it is definitely a sexy song. So here it is: "Feel Your Love Tonight" by Van Halen. And remember, listen to the listen to those backup arms in the chorus. Great. Dude, I freaking love this song. That is such a banger. And then a little bit later in the song, it's just it's just the vocals, it's just David and then the other guys in the band singing along with him. Ah, oh, so <laughs> fucking good. It's like
1: right after the solo. I think it is is when they.
2: It is, yeah. Oh my god, I love that that part. Good horns. It's like it's probably my one of my favorite parts of the, on this record. It's so it's so. This song is very, very cheesy, very cheesy. I mean, obviously I, we weren't alive during this time, but it just it makes you think of what life was like at this time, like people listening to this album and what they were doing at this time it, I think that's mainly based on like what you see in movies and stuff and on t v
1: so like the way he sings in this is kind of going back to the like that child playfulness of him, just even though it's gross now to think about. I picture like him in the backseat of a car, trying to get like handsy with some girl, and she's like, "No, don't, don't," and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I won't do it." And then you know, copping and feels and stuff, and that's just, that, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what this sounds like to me. That's that's what I wasn't alive during this time. That's what I feel like everybody did. They drove to the to the cliff. Every town had a cliff that overlooked the city. <laughs> Every single town in America had a cliff and, 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 the and it
2: was called something point.
1: Yes, make out point, yeah. kiss point, or have unprotected yes. sex point. It was, it was always a point. point. Yes, and that's what I—that's why I envisioned like David Lee Roth as just like that guy. That's who we. That's 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 just what he sounds like to me. But just like the stories I've heard from people of that age who were in that time, that's what everybody fucking did. That's what y'all did.
2: And so, then they became these huge fucking rock stars and he probably didn't need to do that anymore yeah 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 but i also like something about van halen that's always been talked about is has been their concert writers and if you're unfamiliar with what that is it kind of started with van halen or they kind of took it to the extreme where the concert writer was when a band r-i-d-e-r r-i-d-e-r yes correct um where they, they they go to play a show and they request a certain very specific things from the venue, whether it be you know I want you know x amount of water bottles or beer or whatever you know, and so they took it to the next level and they said okay well we want all of our M and M's separated by color and but we don't want the brown ones. You're, you're you know? setting
1: you're setting this up to make them look like dickheads.
2: But I'm 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 gonna finish it up. But you, So right. so that that's kind of it's kind of what they they were doing. And then people would would ridicule, began to ridicule them and say, you know, why guys been such assholes because you're so, you know, famous or whatever. But then they came back and said, we only do this because we want to make sure the venue are are taking all the proper safety precautions. Because if they're not listening to what we're putting on our writer, they're not taking, they're not doing their job entirely, and that that shows that they're, you know, that yeah, that they're essentially not doing their jobs. Because apparently back in the early days, they used to have a lot of issues with. I don't know, like people getting electrocuted and and all kinds of shit because the venues were irresponsible. So this was kind of their way of of ensuring, in a weird kind of backward way, you know, that I don't know that they kind of pay attention if that makes sense. I, I did not explain that very well, did I? You
1: you set it up like like you already dug them a hole
2: to lay in. But I was gonna I, yeah I I, I did like, that. You especially. should have said
1: Van Halen were known for their crazy light shows and their insane theatrics at their shows, but they also put into their writer that they wanted a bowl full of only red M&Ms, which to many people sounded fucking insane and petty and childish and stupid, but they only did it not because they liked red M&Ms, was because they wanted to make sure that these fuckers are reading their writer, they're reading the contract, and if there was not a bowl of red M&Ms in their dressing room or in their trailer, wherever it was, they know... That whoever was doing it didn't read the contract, and therefore there wasn't a safe show to play, because these lights are fucking heavy, especially in the seventies when technology was just heavier, and so things would fall all the time at these shows, and they don't want nobody to get hurt.
2: There you go. You explained it way better than I did. I really <laughs> fucked that one up. I don't. I
1: don't know if it was M and or red M and M's or whatever. But I, think, it, I think it was, it was something. M&Ms. On,
2: yeah, it was M and M's, but I don't. I think it was brown, but but you you relayed the point. A lot better than yeah, I did. Same thing. So there you go. That's what I was getting at. So, what do we got here? Should we play another one? What do you want to do? Because there's one other song I do want to play. Which other song? But do I kind you of want, want to play, play it last. Because I feel like it would be a great song to play last. And then we can do our final stuffs. But what's another favorite for you?
1: Uh, so, um, little dreamer is also one of my favorite songs on this i think i think musically it's it's boss nass i think it's delicious i think evh solo plays to kind of like the solemn nature of the song and it's short enough to not lose the overall focus of the song and the the, Mm -hmm. like the whole song itself is like it has this melancholy vibe to it and just keeps everybody in line and focus and DLR kills it with his ability to just hold those notes out at the very end, use that little fucking vibrato shit that he does sometimes, and it's just, oh, it's so tasty and it's so delicious. But I think this song is just like a perfect anthem of who DLR is, who he was. It's just about how many people have probably told him in his life that he'll never amount to anything. He's he's a, he's a lost cause. He's hopeless, and he's just like fuck it.
2: Yeah, I'm I feel like party. it's one of the. It's one of the more as weird as it sounds it's one of the more sincere songs on the album but it's also the slowest and I don't want to say it's like the most ballad kind of song but it, it's definitely the slowest oh, it's just
1: so good it's just like everybody's just backing up DLR at this point yeah they're letting him well, do his thing and everybody's just going along with it
2: well let's play a little bit of a uh, little dreamer by Van Halen <laughs>
0: Cold when you it is for the skies. But you were young and bold, and baby didn't that change with a wink of your eyes. Now no one's talking about those. Crazy days gone by. Let's see
2: There you go, "Little Dreamer" mm. from Van Halen. Your favorite song mm. on the record? <laughs> that is a solid song. It's so good. It's it's kind of nice too because it you kind of get that slower feel that leads into the next song, "Ice Cream Man," which is like it's slower but kind of weird. It's a, but then it picks up again. It's a weird bluesy sex song. Yeah, a lot of innuendo in that song. It's not it's not originally from. It's a cover song. Yeah. That's what it is. By uh, John Brim. I, had you ever heard of John Brim before? No. I hadn't either. So I, I don't know much about the guy. But it was a cool cover. And I like how like after like, I think it's like a minute 15 is like when it starts to get kind of really cool with the that guitar solo.
1: We got there. We drinking.
2: <sighs> what? We what drinking there.
1: I'm drinking
2: a buddy right now, mm. man. It's usually always my backy. Buddy's he's a He's a Budweiser. Okay. But, ah, <clears throat> oh, man. So the only songs we haven't played are, uh, well, we haven't played the proper version of Running With The Devil. Uh, we haven't played Jamie's Crying, which I feel like everyone's fucking heard that song. Yeah,
1: it sounds, it's a good song. I don't think we need to really cover it.
2: Uh, Atomic Punk. Really, really great song. And I, I feel like the lyrics can be taken two different ways. I feel like it's like a very subtle kind of like, sex song but kind of put in like a post-apocalyptic way okay it's interesting i I feel like it's more of like one of the it's one of the it's the only song on the record that actually like like it was kind of like thought out lyrically at least
1: i just love when songs talk about an individual in like the first person Mm -hmm. like in this one he he is the atomic punk he's not talking about the atomic punk like two examples that came to my mind were Noble from the Dropkick Murphys They talk about Noble And then Johnny X From the Bouncing Souls And they talk about Johnny X He's not Johnny X He's talking about him But in this song He is the Atomic Punk And I think that's so fucking cool It is cool Love yeah. that shit I love the guitar solo Atomic Punk One of the best ones On the album too Should we play this song then? Um, no? I mean yes. I don't know if you want to go To the guitar solo I mean, the, the intro's great too It's that like mm-hmm. fast punk, punk punk pop Fucking punk part That is gold Punk 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 punk, 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 punk. punk, punk, punk.
2: Punk, punk, talk, talk. Poker. <laughs> I'll just put it like halfway through yeah. And hope for the best So here it is Atomic Punk by Van Halen mm-hmm. Comic Punk from Van Halen. What a song, dude. So good. I, I accidentally put, like, stop or started playing it right at the guitar solo. That was kind of Yeah,
1: cool. no, it was good. But th- like, like, that guitar solo had a little bit of everything that you want a guitar solo to have, especially from Eddie Van Halen, who's a phenomenal guitarist. He's, yeah, he does yeah. some, like, walking. There's some... There's some like scales in there. He does that weird like bendy shit with like the squealing and the screeching, but it's not super annoying. But it's just kind of annoying enough to keep keep you interested. Oh, it's good stuff.
2: Love solos, man. Love them. <laughs> That's completely untrue. All right. I mean, I guess that really leaves like one song that we have not. It's literally one song we have not On talked fire? about. On fire. Yeah, and the song that I wanted to end. I wanted to play last. That's crazy
1: because I think that song is like the perfect closer to this album.
2: It is. It is a fucking wild ride. It's just like from start to finish.
1: It's like they they wrote this album or they did this whole album. They said, Okay, let's let's do this as our closer in hopes that when they theoretically when they play a show and they play this thing front to back, not knowing which song people are gonna love more this is what they'll end their show with, and it's just going to leave everybody scratching their heads just going like, what the fuck?
2: Like, what just happened to wow. us? Wow. Yeah, this song is like, it showcases the best from every band member.
1: Even Mikey gets good bass lines.
2: Everybody everybody has a great moment on this song, but it, it sounds a little self-indulgent, but it's it's like well-deserved. It's like they had all been sh- kind of kind of like throughout this entire record, like they were kind of like holding back a little bit so they can make like something really cohesive and amazing. And then this song they just decided, you know, let's just say fuck it and just do whatever we want. But it works so well. And like if they had, if this whole record was like this, it probably wouldn't have been as good because it wouldn't have been as balanced. But this is just a, like you said, a great fucking way to end a record. It's so good. Mm. So you don't agree or do you agree no, i agree okay <laughs> here's a uh, here's on fire by van Halen. love this song so good dude it's like a perfect song oh my god it's i can't tell you how much i like this band right now like i cannot get enough of of (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking crazy and the fact that i even want to go back and listen to like the album that they put out in 2012 it's fan-fucking-tastic
1: i i never oh god i fucking bitch I could see it spiking up right there. I uh, I had never heard their newest album with David Lee Roth, and like honestly, when after the first like three or four, after like actually like after the first two, I was like, "There's no fucking way that their newest album could compare to any of this shit." There's just no way. There's no way that they could still uh-huh. have it, and they do.
2: They really do. They fucking. It's do. remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Well, let's um. <clears throat> Let's give our final thoughts. Sound good?
1: The first headlining tour was opening for Black Sabbath
2: too. That's fucking nuts. Can you imagine going to that show, and they're playing these songs, and Sabbath is playing? <laughs> Fuck, man, this is like the end of the Ozzy era. So, dude, this is just fucking wild.
1: It's just like a really. It's just such a badass time for music. It's just so cool. EV8 said that he got that tapping technique, what he's famous for, from Jimmy Page and so it's just really yeah i, th- I think it was heartbreaker the solo on heartbreaker when mm-hmm. jimmy pays the whole like fast thing oh yeah yeah and yeah. he's like just going off with the basically just the hammer-ons and pull-offs and then he's like well why can't i just use my finger as like the nut and just go up and down and then he did yeah. and he holds like three pet different patents too for different things like in reference to guitars
2: that's fucking nuts so what do you what do you got what are your final thoughts on this one
1: my final thoughts are: I just I wasn't disappointed I, I mean I, I knew I don't know why I just I don't listen to a lot of Like classic rock music I guess Just because I know it's good I think the only two bands That I listen to a lot In the, the classic rock realm Are The Doors And probably Credence
2: I knew you were gonna say Credence I just fucking knew it
1: Credence like for sure I just Like their song Like that's like Such a simple band That's such a A plain old people band That just They do it right Mm -hmm. And I mean the Doors is I think the Doors are phenomenal But I mean Van Halen Well, debatable You're crazy But Van Halen, I mean that's just Like everything that we do is always great And like these bands are classic for a reason Not only, I mean probably in part Because there wasn't as much The market wasn't as saturated back then as it is now And so probably a, a, a bigger percentage of bands Made it big than they do now and so we see yeah, yeah. we see all these bands as classic bands. I mean, like, how many fucking, like, B bands do you know from, like, the 70s? As opposed as to how many B bands do you know from 2020?
2: Yeah, but I think a lot of that, to me, I think a lot of that has to do with the recording techniques. Uh, oh, excuse me, from back then to now. How you actually, like, had to be able to play well to record because it was only on tape. And right, and so nobody did. was expensive. Yeah, tape was expensive. So you had to be good.
1: Exactly. Now, you, now you don't have to be good. So there's for every one person that makes it big now, there's probably five hundred thousand that don't. As opposed to back then, for every one person that makes it big, there's probably a hundred that didn't. Yeah. But damn, yeah. dude, Van Halen kills it, man. They they kill every aspect of Van Halen is absolutely perfect. There's nothing, there's nothing bad I can say. I had a great time. I love EVH's solos. I love his soloing. He's like my favorite part of this band. But I also love DLR. I love his voice. Yeah. I love the way he sings. I just I, I think that he's playful. He's like he's like Tony Robbins, like like that motivational speaker who always tells you mm-hmm. like the power of positive thinking, but 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 DLR just like lives it. Like he like he embodies he, really he embodies that lifestyle. He's like, "Yeah, like today I woke up and I was kind of sad, so I decided to be awesome." And that's what he does <laughs> every fucking day. <laughs>
2: it does make you wonder like how much of it is an act and how much of it is actually real. But then you hear people who have like worked with him over for years and they all say it's a hundred percent real.
1: Yeah. And he almost took over, or he he, kind of did take over Howard Stern's show which got canceled. But even like Howard Stern said that he's, that he's, he's awesome.
2: Everyone says great things about this guy. It's crazy. Except for Eddie Van Halen. He's the only one who's ever said anything bad about him, but I don't know. Kind of says something. Um, so what are you going to rate this one What are you going to rate oh, this album I'm going to do 2.9 Really you can't even give nah, this a perfect, give it a perfect rating three. Why there's a,
1: there's a couple things on there that I don't, I don't think are perfect Like you really got me It's not a perfect song You're fucking idiot <laughs> There's <know> <laughs> not a perfect song I can't give it a perfect 3 <sighs> I will not be bullied
2: uh, Wow I expected more from you Honestly I did well, this is my first kind of, <clears throat> you know, listen through all of Van Halen, obviously, and uh, this is my favorite record from the band. Not a stinker on this on this album. Everything just kind of blew me away. David Lee Roth, Van Halen, and Eddie Van Halen. Like you said, just I, I agree with you with what you said about them. Alex Van Halen is like the true unsung hero, or is one of the unsung heroes on this album. His drumming is just, it's where it needs to be. It's great. Michael Anthony. Anthony kills it on some songs too. Great, great stuff. I'm glad I decided to to, to do this album because I'm the best. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have to give this a um, three out of three. Oh, damn. Perfect album. <laughs> it's a perfect album, dude. It is so good. It's shockingly good. I'm fucking 33 years old and I'm just now real and I've played guitar arguably played guitar for the last 15 years and I just now got around to this van Halen record. Like it's crazy I never did before.
1: Well it's cuz there's so many classic acts right that we've gone through that are good in small doses like yeah I mean some old people will probably get offended but like AC/DC they have a handful yeah. of songs that are perfect. Beyond perfect, but they also well, can't have. Can't be
2: beyond perfect. You can, unless you're ACDC.
1: be beyond perfect. handful of songs, but a lot of their music is just it's like the
2: Foo Fighters, just vanilla. Eh. But no, this record is is fucking fantastic. So good, good job, good job, Van Halen. You guys, you guys did something good really job, great. Van Halen. You guys did something really great at some point in your guys' career and your in your life. I I still can't believe you could not give this album a perfect rating. I couldn't. What do you want from me? I couldn't. couldn't. That's shocking. Shocking
1: blue, baby. I couldn't.
2: I I don't understand you. It makes no fucking sense. I just...
1: Well... If it was perfect, I would give him a perfect album. It wasn't perfect, so I didn't do it.
2: You surprised me at every corner. All right. Well, that's it. That's all for Asinine Radio. We just did the the debut Van Halen record. Uh, Jeff and I both gave it a perfect rating. Perfect three out of three. And uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And I have no idea what we're doing next week because Jeff hasn't told me. So that's it. That's all for the greatest podcast really to ever exist. Of all time. That's Asinine Radio. comes from Pizza Port Brewing. Oh down in uh South 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 California. South Ooh. South. <laughs> I Ew. haven't even been drinking yet. Okay. You ready to move on? Uh I am. Uh, okay. Uh, destruction by definition? Destruction. yeah, destruction by <laughs> definition. That song is like so God damn
0: it, baby, you no know ain't lying to you. I'm only gonna tell you one time.
1: Especially from Jimmy Page Yeah, I know. I I I think that's just feeding the the hype machine too. It's that like fast punk punk pop fucking punk part that is gold. Punk 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 punk. Punk punk poker.